The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. This week's episode is dedicated to overcoming adversity and self-empowerment. The title of the episode is Fostering Self-Care and Growth from Uncertainty to the Fierce Advocacy and Success of Owning and Knowing Yourself. Is that good? You like that? That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) This is my interview with the inimitable Sherelle Starr. Welcome, Sherelle. Congratulations on all of your success, and thank you for becoming a beautiful member of the Forever Fab community. So, oh, Dr. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Shall we get started? Do this. <laughs> Let's do it. You remember your early childhood. Describe how it was affected by adversity. So my early childhood, um, you know, I started out living life with my great grandmother when I was really young. And then when I was around five or six years old, I ended up going into foster care because my great grandmother got sick. And so right off the bat, you know, that is just this huge moment of adversity in my life where I went from going from being in this lovely, uh, loving um, and supportive home to being in homes where I was abused, um, moving from home to home, moving from school to school, um, and sort of having to keep myself through all of that. And so, you know, it, it was a very hard and difficult time, um, but I'm happy that I was able to come through it and come through it stronger and come through it in a way where I am very um, mission aligned to helping other youth who are still in foster care sort of get through this as well. That is an incredible summary of how you took adversity and recreated not only yourself, but your narrative to create something amazingly positive, not only for yourself, but for others. So throughout that period of, of difficulty, what helped you to cope? You know, what helped me to cope was, I think, uh, you know, from a very young age, always knowing that I was wanted, knowing that my great-grandmother loved me, actually knowing why I ended up in foster care, with a, which a lot of youth never know. Mm. They never get that sort of explanation of why you're actually here. And so I think knowing why I ended up in care, it wasn't because I wasn't loved. It wasn't because no one wanted me, even though adults would say that to me. Um, I knew it was because my great grandmother got sick and I knew if she wasn't sick, I would be with her. And so I was able to hold on to that and sort of use that as sort of that springboard to keep me from feeling the negativity and internalizing the negativity that was around me. So knowing the why and also knowing and believing that love was always there for you, do you believe that those things helped you not only overcome the adversity, but help you to learn lessons that you currently use in your day-to-day life today? 
Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, just having that foundation of love, knowing that you are cared for, knowing that it's important that you care for yourself as well. Um, that is so important um, to being able to overcome the things that you experience every single day. You have to know that you are worthy. You have to believe that you deserve the things in life that you are actually going after that you want. Um, and as soon as you start to know that about yourself, that you're worthy and believe that you deserve these good things in life, the easier it is to go after them and, and know that like they should be yours. You describe that you've learned a lot through your early experiences. Other than knowing your grandmother was there for you and other than the lessons that you were able to glean from, from trials and tribulations, was there an unexpected teacher in your life, whether or not whether that teacher was a person or an experience, a particular experience, what was an unexpected teacher for you early on? So I would say unexpected teacher for me early on. I would say, I mean, my teachers themselves, um, having other adults that I could emulate, that could be role models, um, and and them not knowing that they were, you know, that they were that stand-in for me, um, that positivity for me. I, I had several teachers just you know, make a way for me out of no way. I remember one year after bouncing around to a couple of different schools, um, one of my teachers um, moved me to the gifted program because I had been in gifted classes uh, prior in other schools, but you move schools in the middle school year, no one transfers your records, they just throw you in a classroom. And this teacher had me go to this other class, which was the gifted class, one about it we just she just moved me on in there <laughs> slid you in I would, be, I would be getting my report card from her but like these classes um and there were a lot of those type of people really trying to make a way for me uh throughout life and i'm so grateful to them i remember in um i actually ended up getting a scholarship to go to boarding school yes. and Thank you, thank you. And I remember my senior year, I did not have the fifty dollars mm. for the college application fee. And my um, uh, counselor, uh, the college counselor, she paid the fee for me. Wow. Um, and she's like, "Oh, just pay me back whenever you can." Think about that. The difference between me and the success I've had in my life was fifty dollars. That right. was the the roadblock. And someone just said, "Don't worry about it. I got that for you." And it made a huge difference. In my life, so there's always been these sort of role models, these sort of angels yeah. that have sort of popped away for me. This that's so beautiful, Sherelle, and it reminds me to just be grateful to remind myself how lucky mm -hmm. I am in doing this podcast. Obviously, with the team, one of one team, and and and, and Macy and Chris and all the people who help bring this podcast together, but significantly for me, hearing stories like this. I mean, what a beautiful story and the irony of your story. It's, it's just one of the reasons I really do love doing this podcast. The irony of being a foster child, right? So allegedly you weren't gifted with a stable home, et cetera, and parents around and blah, blah, blah. And yet all the gifts that you have received throughout your life so far, because I know there are more coming, is so precious and so beautiful, and it should remind us all to be grateful, actually even for the adversity, which is a very difficult concept, right? Like, how could you be grateful for bad sugar happening, you know, in right. one's life? Right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's being, it, you know, you, it's, 
admitting that without the adversity, you wouldn't be who you are. Mm. And also without the adversity, you wouldn't be as empathetic and able to help other people and understand where they are in their life and where they could go yeah. um, if you hadn't experienced this. And so turning that adversity into a passion, turning it into a purpose and a power yes. is really important. That's beautiful. Now, in addition to the people who are your angels and um, your mentors, your unexpected teachers, was there anyone specifically or in particular who inspired you? You know, from a very young age, I discovered, or actually at a very young age, I discovered Maya Angelou. Oof. And I, uh, I mean, I know why the cage bird sings got me through some really dark moments as a child, um, knowing that, knowing everything she'd gone through, uh, the way she um, turned her, this like pain and this trauma into this amazing, incredible story, the way she kept reinventing herself. Yeah. You know, Maya Angelou wasn't just a writer. She was a dancer. She was an actress. She did all of these, she was an artist. She did all these incredible things and just kept reinventing herself. And so just seeing that that was possible, that you're like, just because one, you know, chapter ends or a, a, a page, you know, flips, that's not the end of your story. You can keep reinventing yourself. You can keep going for new goals. You can keep changing and developing um, and, and sort of, uh, you know, just keep working on what you want out of life and it can change as you grow. Uh, and so knowing that at a very young age was just so transformative for me to, to know that, you know, you don't have to settle on one thing, that you can't, that you don't have to let people put you in one box, that you can do anything and do multiple things. Um, so I would say knowing that and having that access, um, it, it was, it was life-changing for me to, to be able to read her work. That's amazing. I've been writing so many nuggets down of, of, things that you're saying because they're so inspiring and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to write this, I want to write this down. Um, <laughs> describe your entrepreneurial journey. What made you decide, yeah, I'm going to take what I do and help empower people, um, motivate people and, and make some coin from it at the same time. Describe that for me. You know, so I, uh, you know, being a lover of my Angelou, I uh, loved writing uh, and, and telling stories. And so I started out blogging a number of years ago. So I was writing blogs about the things I love, so fashion and beauty and technology. And then I started getting invited by local news shows to come and talk about the, the things I was writing about. So what's the latest fashion trends or what we'll be seeing on the, on the red carpet or at Fashion Week? And so I started, um, you know, corresponding and, and reporting on sort of these trends and being an expert uh, in this space. And I learned that I love doing this and I could get paid to it. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I've really leaned into it and, um, you know, become an on-camera TV host and, and lifestyle expert. And it has been incredibly amazing. Going back to that whole sort of path that my Angelo took, you know, I started my career in, in public relations. Um, and now I um, have, you know, transformed, you know, with doing marketing as well as doing on-camera hosting. And I love it. Again, you don't have to be one thing. Yes. You can like follow all of your passions. It's your life. That's right. Well, we'll talk about fashion a little later because clearly you are <laughs> serving it today. Oh. <laughs> Now, what is so compelling for you about storytelling? Tell me about the power of storytelling and why it's, it has been important for you, it is important for you, and frankly, it should be important for every entrepreneur. So I, I agree with that statement. It, it needs to be important for every entrepreneur because, you know, I, again, going back to Maya Angelou, she, as she said this, you know, just beautifully, people don't remember what you say, yes. they don't remember what you do but they remember how you made them feel. And that is the power of storytelling. Yeah. The fact that 
people can connect to you in a very deep and intimate way um, and, and, and believe you and, and want to support you and want to be on your team um, because they know that you there, there's that emotional connection. And so as um, you know, small business owners or entrepreneurs, learning how to tell your story or finding someone to help you correctly tell your story is so important because that's what's left at the end of the day when your ad goes away or your social media post is no longer there. It's that feeling that you know your potential consumers are left with yeah. or your potential clients. So making sure you can make that connection with them is so important. That's fabulous. Fabulous. How do you define success? You know, for me, success is, um, you know, for me, I would say success is me being able to leverage my platform um, to help other youth, to help other um, young people who may be in foster care, may not be in foster care, but maybe looking for, you know, finding themselves and finding their way. And so I love being able to use my platform um, to sort of bring attention to the needs of youth in care and just sort of inspire youth to know that they can go beyond being in foster care, they can go beyond being whatever situation they find themselves in and still have a successful life. And I think it's very important um, that we not define success for other people, that they get to find success for themselves because it's going to look very different for different people and it's going to look very different at different stages of your life what was successful for me you know after I graduated school was having a home for myself yeah. um, and so when yeah. I first when I bought my first condo I was like oh my god this is it this is me being successful um, and now that I've, I've sort of checked that box and achieved that it, you know success sort of transforms and now I want my own talk show wow <laughs> yes tell me about sure. that so, tell me yeah, about your I, own I, talk show I love it <laughs> Yeah, so I um, I've been pitching my show to a couple different networks. We'll see if it goes anywhere. Yay! Um, I I would love to do a show on culture, on on black culture, about what is so uh, you know amazing about our culture, the things that we love, the things we lean into, and why we do those things. And so you know I've been pitching an idea around. So we'll see again if it gets picked up. But again, success looks different at different stages of your life. And and again, you get to keep reinventing yourself. You get to keep growing, and don't let anyone put you in a box. Oh, Ms. Star, you know, ah, everything happens for a reason, right? Everything in divine yes, precision. Yes. I, I may have a little something, something for you on that last uh, comment that you made, but we'll talk about that on the side. Okay, okay. On the side. I, I, love, I love support. I love support. Right? Possibility. Isn't it a beautiful thing? Exactly. So to summarize what you just said, or to paraphrase, to move beyond... You have to move through, and it's in that movement of beyond and through that you transform. Would you agree with that? I agree with that 100%. Fantastic. So this is a two-part question. Um, okay. What advice would you give or would you advise to an entrepreneur to embrace or to practice? And the part two, what advice would you have or suggest to entrepreneurs to completely avoid? Okay. Um, the recommendation of things to embrace is change. Um, that is the only constant in life, in business, in relationships. <laughs> yes, yes, um, I yes. know that well. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to embrace change. You have to be flexible. You have to be willing to go with it. The idea that you may have thought of and started you know, with your business, um, it's going to have to change. Yeah. You're going to have to be flexible because that's what life is. And so the needs that you thought your consumers might have had that day one are going to shift, um, you know, a year, yes. two years, three years into your business. So you've got to be flexible. You've got to know change is coming. Um, 
thing, the thing I would say to avoid or let go um, might just be the flip side of that is, is being rigid, um, is being unwilling to change, uh, being unwilling to grow. Yeah. Um, successful businesses grow over time. They shift over time and you have to be willing to do that. And if you can't, I, this is probably, you're going to, you're going to wear yourself out um, fighting the tide. So you've got to be able to let that go. I thank you again for showing up today because you reminded me that of something we all think, oh, yes, of course, is very basic, you know, be willing to change because change is the only constant. We think it, we know it, mm -hmm. we say we believe yeah. it and we're all about it, and yet the rigidity of which you spoke doesn't necessarily have to come in the form of, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm you know, adamant, I'm not going to change. The rigidity can, can manifest in the, in the form of stress. So yeah. personal example, mm -hmm. personal professional example, um, there's some drama at my mm -hmm. office, but not bad drama, thankfully not with patients, just, you know, landlord type drama stuff and tenants, etc. So mm -hmm. there aren't very many options except, you know, the best option is to move. I was so stressed about, oh my God, I have to move my office. I put so much work into it. What am I going to do? This, that, moving companies. I started thinking of all the things that need to happen before I even thought about the actual move. And that was very right. stressful. So to your point, the rigidity can be in the form of stress. Exactly, exactly. Do not burn yourself out trying to do this. Like you, you have something you need to offer the world. You have something the world needs. Always lean into that fact and then let the, the change happen. Let, let the flexibility lean into that. But don't um, get so become so rigid, as you said, that you know, you're stressing yourself out and burning yourself out over this change that has to happen. Oh, Sherelle, thank you. I'll send you the check for the consultation. <laughs> or, you know, I'll send it to you through my wallet or Venmo or something. Anyway, onward. Onward and upward. That was great. <laughs> Why did you decide to advocate for foster children? And what do you think needs to change about the foster care system? Uh, so, you know, the first part of that question, I advocate because um, I know what it feels like to be in care. I know what it feels like to be someone who's being abused and someone who's being ignored um, in care. And I know how, like, detrimental that is on your mental health, mm -hmm. on your psyche, uh, how limiting that is for your future potential, that you have to carry all of that trauma and being re-traumatized with you. And so um, because I'm in a position where I can speak out um, because I'm in a position where I have a platform that people lean into and they want to hear more from me, I think it's it's my duty, it, 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 it's my passion, um, it's my purpose to make sure that I am educating others about um, the needs of youth and care. And what I would change about foster care, I mean, we don't have time in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that might have to be another episode. <laughs> there is so much, but you know, the one thing I always say is, um, I want more people, um, you know, the one thing I would, I would change or the thing I prioritize is I want more people to understand what foster care is mm. and what foster care isn't. And foster care isn't a bunch of youth or juvenile delinquents yeah. who've done something wrong and ended yeah. up in care. Foster care is something bad has happened to or around a youth and they have been taken from their home. And so they are the victim here. They are the one who needs your support. You should not like 
hold them out at arm's length or assume really bad things about these youth because they are just normal kids who've had something terrible happen to or around them. And so they deserve our love. They deserve our support. They deserve our empathy. They deserve our kindness. And so if one thing I would change is having more people understand that and be willing to stand on that and stand in that purpose. Thank you so much for clarifying that and elucidating it because I do know that 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 thought, that stigma exists. So I, I would add to your points that these children, these youth need our compassion. Yeah, right? our exactly. Compassion. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, you mentioned a little earlier that you would like your own show. And I'm sure when that happens, you'll be back on this podcast or you'll have me as a guest on your show. I mean, you know <laughs> I might know one or two things about a little something, something. We can talk about beauty, <laughs> talk about other things. But other than, other than a show, what would you like to achieve next? What's on your radar? So, you know, I, I think on um, the professional, it, it's, it's the show. It, it, it's, it's definitely um, telling these amazing stories. Um, I think in, uh, not I think, in the personal life, um, moving on to that child raising stage. Um, right. so my husband and I are in the adoption process. We're super excited about that. Wow, congratulations. So, Sharon, you. you're going thank to have to come you. back and do like three podcast episodes because everything that you're doing is like its own podcast. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm so impressed by you. Thank you are so incredible. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. So that is, you know, in the personal life, we are in that journey. Um, you know, it could take a year, it could take two years, but we're, we're on that journey. Yes. Um, and then besides that, I think, um, you know, this has been a very stressful time. Pandemic yes. living is, is been mentally tiring for everyone. Yes. Um, and so you know, just making sure I'm being kind to myself, making sure that I am leaning into those relationships yes. that um, I wasn't able to yes. during this stressful time. So spending more time with friends, spending more time with families, like that is important and that is necessary. So doing more of that as well. Fantastic. You are a lifestyle expert. You're a fashion expert. You're, you do trends. You're, you're a trends expert. What are, um, give me one or two exciting trends in fashion that you think we should be watching for in the next year or two. So in fashion, one trend I love right now is just color. Everything is about color. It's bright. It's bold. You'll see lots of neons. Lean into that. Like this is going to be a fun year or two of like just bold color. And obviously we know why. Yes. It's a little drab and dapper for the last <laughs> couple of years. So we're getting back out there and, be, and getting really excited with color. Another thing that um, you can really lean into and own, comfort. Ah. Comfort is not going to jeans that don't fit quite right and but you want to wear them because you think oh that's what's on trend let those go yes yes <laughs> it's all about being comfortable so letting go of those really high heels going for some flats going for some cute kicks that's what's really in right now so i'd say a lot of color and a lot of comfort would probably be the two big things we're going to see a lot of thank you for that because those two c words and other c words you know color clarity, etc. Um, <laughs> etc. You know, whatever. But for sure, the color and comfort I agree with. And frankly, I have been living my most of my life with those as themes. I'm not sure I'm ready to get rid of the stilettos yet, but I probably will be wearing them a little yeah, less. Come back. 
<laughs> I think they will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, clearly you're very fashionable as well. Describe how fashion is important in your life today. So I look at fashion as, you know, I am not a artist in painting um, or drawing, but I feel that fashion allows me to express myself um, in sort of my, in, in, in all of my boldness and all of my sort of creativity and uniqueness. And so I really use it as a way to tell people who I am, um, tell people what they are going to encounter with me. I am fun. I am bubbly. Um, for sure. But I'm also serious. I'm dressed for the day, you know, like, um, but you can, you should be able to read those things and what I put on and sort of how I present myself. Um, fashion is, to me has been in my life ever since I was a really young girl and my, and my great grandmother had a closet full of clothes that I could play in um, and dress up in. Ooh. And so always been, always, always been there. It's always been in the background and it's always been a way to express um, myself to others. Uh, and so I think of it in those terms of like what I am the canvas yes. where I want to express that day. That's fantastic. I agree with you. I do believe that fashion is a form of expression. And I, I know there are some people who choose their clothes the day before, the night before. I, I can't do that. I have to wait. I have, what's my mood? What's the weather like? How am I feeling? What do I want to communicate today? So I have to wait until the morning of to actually choose the outfit. So there's actually intention involved in it. So many people think that you know, fashion is frivolous and superfluous. It really isn't. It is not. It is. It's expressed so much, and like you said, intention. There's intention behind it. Yeah. Um, what are you saying? You can be intentional with that. So now let's shift gears a little bit, somewhat related, but let's talk about a little beauty and wellness. What do you do to de-stress? Do you have a wellness, well-being routine, or self-care rituals, and what are they? So self-care rituals is, uh, for me, working out and um, not uh, gym, because I cannot stand the gym, <laughs> um, but I am an avid tennis player. Oh! And, uh, one thing I, I used to play in high school. I played competitively. Oh, my gosh! Um, pretty good. Um, <laughs> so you and I are going to have to get together and play tennis. I mean, clearly, you'll probably kick my butt, but that's okay. I enjoy the game. I just enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's that that is so important and that is about that is so much of the self-care of actually doing something that you actually enjoy having fun with an activity I, there's so much about being an adult that is amazing but there's so much that sucks and part of the things that suck is that we don't actually go out to have a good time we don't go out to laugh or play and we need to and one of the things i love about tennis and and because it's a sport that i love um, I just love being around other people who love to play it. Um, I love laughing. I love having a good time on the floor. I love engaging with people and just having fun. I love the fact that it's, I actually am playing. Yes. Um, I'm actually here to play. It's not about just burning calories yeah. or, you know, it's about playing and that clears my head. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely recommend all of your viewers, all of your listeners, what do you have fun with? What is a activity that you love to play as a child? Do it again. Don't let people, don't worry about judgment or, or people, you know, thinking that you're too old to do X, Y, and Z. You're not. Go out, have some fun. I think that is so important for self-care that you're actually having fun um, with following the things that are your passions, that are your hobbies. So lean into that. That's fantastic. I, you will see that when you and I play together, we will have fun. There will be a lot of laughter because you will be laughing and asking yourself, 
how is she missing the ball so much? Like, like here's the ball and there's the racket. It's like the two, you know, two ships passing in, in the night or day. It's like, how does she do that? It's funny. It's actually really funny. It's funny. It's funny. We're having a good time. We're laughing. Black and bird too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I come from a tennis family. My, my father, tennis, like, like aficionado, the tennis person. My mother played tennis. And so when I was a young child, they brought me, you know, they put me into tennis camp. I'm not quite sure I learned that much, but that's okay. I do other things. <laughs> Watch the ball, Shirley. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> now, tell me one thing that most people do not know about you. me um i am a I, I mean i love tech but i am a, like a a true trekkie so star trek what? is i've seen every star trek there is i've seen every movie every version every remake um i am a big trekkie i'm also a big um comic fan so all of the uh marvel movies all of the dc oh. movies i am I'm there for opening night so wow. <laughs> i'm really into i also love superheroes and superheroines i really do um, side question, Marvel or DC Comics? Marvel. I know. Marvel. I know. I know. Uh, I try to love both, but there really are differences. It's, yeah, they're, they're just different genres. Yeah. So just 100%. And uh, DC is getting better now. Yeah. And they are, they, they are picking it up. Yeah. But, like, they're still not there. They're still, they're still you know, yeah. second tier. Yeah. If I say so myself. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, let's talk a little bit about beauty and your beautiful self. What aspect of your beauty do you appreciate most? And meaning, what do you love about yourself? Uh, what I love about myself, I love my smile. Yes. I'm talking about like just acting. I love my Sweet. smile. I love, the, I mean, I love putting on lipstick. I love doing all that, that fun stuff. But I love the uh, impact it can have on other people and that I've seen um, you know, people's mood shift when I smile at them. Yes. Like, I love being able to, like, give other people joy and give them some of my energy, like, through my smile. And so um, that's one feature that I just, like, absolutely love about myself. And I'm, I'm blessed to, to have it um, and to be able to sort of share it with other people. I love it about you, too, Sherelle. Look at that. Look at that. We should just, I mean, just, just do, like, a smile. We're just going to capture that smile, like... Yes. <laughs> what is what is your skincare routine? So um, I would say I, I got a, a routine depending on sort of what the season is. Yes. But I'd say for winter season, I do a face scrub. Um, usually, you know, three times a week. Um, I use, I don't know if you've heard of, of um, Good Beauty, yes. amazing skincare products, uh, black owned, um, and so uh, amazing products, vitamin C uh, built into all of the, um, all of the products. Shout out to Good Beauty, shout out to Good Beauty, BIPOC owned, okay, okay. Exactly. Uh, great um, serum. They have an amazing um, face wash and an amazing um, moisturizer as well. So that tends to be my winter routine. And obviously um, sunscreen. So I use either, um, uh, what's the black-owned um, sunscreen? I, ah, we're right on my head. Black-owned sunscreen. Um, ah, I have it upstairs. Okay. Uh, but it, you, you all know what I'm talking about. Yes. You know the black-owned? I think I know it also. Right? You guys know it, yes, you know it, but yes. I'll also put it on, when we post this, I'll put it on my social okay, great. because I feel bad that I, 
Um, but I use uh, their sunscreen, and I try to use sunscreen um, regardless of the season. Yes. Uh, so if I'm going outside, I put sunscreen on um, just because I suffer from hyperpigmentation. Ah. So I try to avoid getting really dark. Okay. Now, of those, I appreciate that you said a couple of things. One, that you alter your skincare routine according to the seasons. I do also. I recommend that to my patients. I actually think it's important, but I'm not sure if people recognize the need to do that. So thank you for saying that. And then the second thing I appreciate you're saying is that you use sunscreen. I mean, you're a pigmented woman. I'm a pigmented woman. We're women of color. Um, people often think, oh, no, you know, I'm, I've got melanin. I don't need sun protection. But in actuality, right. you know, you and I and women of color only have about mm, SPF 13, Right. That that's our sort of natural protection. But we all know these days with the ozone and the UV rays, et cetera, you need more than SPF 13. So it's important to put on a sunscreen. I, I'm so glad you said that, Dr. Shirley. I am a big believer in that. And it's amazing doctors like you that have, like like I put it in my head that you always need sunscreen. Thank you. If you love, if you, love it, you need to and you want to keep it. Yes. Black may not crack, but it does. Get <laughs> Sunscreen. <laughs> now, of all the products that you use, what is the one product, whether it's a skincare product, a beauty product, cosmetic, whatever, what is the absolute one product that you cannot live without? Like you were going to go, you know, away and you forgot that product. You have to run back and get it. What is that product? Fenty Beauty Lipstick. Oh, there we go. Ray, Ray. There, there we go. And I, I, I'm, it's a shame that I didn't put it on today. Um, but my Fenty Beauty red lipstick, uh, uncensored, incredible. I love the red. It, it's absolutely stunning. That is the one item I always have on me. I actually have three of them right now. Wow. I keep them in. <laughs> okay. So when the mood strikes, I'm like, I just put it on. That's it. That's it. Well, please put that in your post as well, because when people go check you out, they're going to want to know. Now, let's, let's circle back to that black-owned sunscreen, right? there. I just Googled it, and a few of, let's just name a few of them, and whichever one comes to mind. There's 11 by Venus Williams. There's, okay. there's Black Girl Sunscreen. Black Girl Sunscreen, there we go. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, Black Girl Sunscreen. And, there, you know, there are a couple more. There's Unsun Mineral Tinted Sunscreen, and there's also, Bo there's also Bolden Brightening. And um, I think, okay. and there's one more. Urban Hydration has a sunscreen. I haven't heard of them. I did not know that Eleven had a sunscreen. though. I, I I'm a big so Eleven. If you guys don't know, Venus is Venus Williams is a fashion line. Yep. I did not know that she had a sun a beauty products as well or skincare products. So I will be checking that one out. Yeah, there you go. So shout out to all those BIPOC owned sunscreens. Cheryl, this is the last question. Well, I'm definitely going to have you back for the other other things that are going to happen in your life. So the show, please keep me posted and let me know when that happens. When that happens, I I will. I will. Wonderful. So the last question is the Fab Five, and although I'm sad that it's the last question, I am excited to learn from you. So, what are your top five recommendations for living a beautiful and fabulous life? So top five recommendations, I would say number one, um, positive mental health. So whether that means going to a therapist, whether that means meditating, whether that means, you know, doing yoga, 
um, making sure that that is a part of a part of your wellness and daily routine and, and always something that you protect. Um, number two, um, making sure you're having fun. Like I said, uh, it, it is so, so important. So making sure you're having some fun. Uh, number three, never letting anyone put you in a box. Um, again, your, your life will change and shift. Um, you get to change and shift and grow. That is part of life. Growing is life. And so don't let anyone put you in a box and tell you you can't do anything or can't do something you really want to do. Uh, number four, uh, you know, making sure that you are always trying to help other people. Mm. Um, obviously, of your yourself first get your mental state right get your you know financial state right but making sure that you are always trying to you know put a hand out to help someone else um, and help someone else in your community that is so important uh, and number five yeah. you know, just never be afraid to go for it um you can do anything just just go for it you know what's what's that quote um yesterday was the best day to start the second best time is today yeah just do it <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just do it. I don't think Nike came up with that first. I really don't. I don't know if it's like something a black woman would say. Right, girl, go do it. Boy, just go do it. Right, we grew up with that. Go do it. Just just go do it. <laughs> Sherelle Star. It's, it's corny and it's cliche, but you are a star. Again, this is not by accident. It's not by accident that life has unfolded for you as it has. I know I don't know you well. We're, we're just meeting over this podcast, but I'm so proud of you, and I'm grateful to you for all of your wisdom and for your sharing your wisdom and your light. Thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Lee. This was amazing. Uh, I, I am so in awe of you and all the things you're doing and bringing this inspiration to all the other women. Um, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. And there will be more coming from you, I'm sure. And I'm excited for the next iteration, the next chapter, the next narrative, whatever. It is all part of such a beautiful and fabulous narrative. Thank you, Sherelle. This brings us to our close of this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast with my fabulous guest, Sherelle Starr. If you felt inspired by Sherelle, learn more about her and her events at sherellestar.com. As always, if you like this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it and subscribe to the feed. Listen to past episodes or check out who's coming up next on foreverfabpodcast.com. If you enjoy listening to the Forever Fab podcast, get more audio and more visuals with a membership through Patreon. Choose the gold, platinum, or diamond tier for premium added content, special co-hosts, lifestyle videos, branded merchandise, and private access to my clubhouse by visiting patreon.com slash foreverfab. If you're a founder or you represent a beauty brand and you want to be featured on an episode of the Forever Fab podcast segment of 15 Minutes of Fab, send me some stuff. Visit foreverfabpodcast.com and fill out the contact form. For general holistic beauty tips or to set up an appointment to discuss with me your personalized options for leveling up your beauty, go to elementsandgraces.com. Sign up for my newsletter or give me a call. And for an online e-consultation on time, anytime, and on your time, visit clicklift.com for your wellness, plastic surgery, and beauty questions on the go. That's click, C-L-I-C-K dash lift dot com. And it's time for the elevated house call. 
JetSet Beauty RX offers beauty on call services near your home or your other domicile, delivering beauty in the privacy of a medically equipped mobile aesthetics unit. Reserve your next appointment at JetSetBeautyRx.com. Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.